Is it the end of the world? Yes, it is the end of the world. And it's also the beginning, the beginning of a brand new, solid, juggernaut world for us all to enjoy. We'll never die our guest is on, is on there yet. He's not supposed to be invisible yet. What's up, y'all? How oh, you doing? Yeah. <laughs> What's up? My name is Kyle, a.k.a. Keezy, if you'd like. This is my main man. I'm Cover Lawyer. How y'all doing? What's up? We are Dequandel. We're back live and fucking ready to kick some ass. Kick some ass, take some names. Uh, <laughs> so uh, this week, um, we, we, we got a, quite a few things to talk about. We, we There was Juggle Ohio. There was the Brian Kuma uh, Juggalo uh, gathering event that we went to. The Juggalo gathering event. Yep. There <laughs> yeah, was that. That's, so, what it, that's what it was. And, uh, you know, so there's those. There's the new Violet J single. We're going to get to all that. But you know what? We're not a fucking news podcast. We are a Juggalo podcast. I smell cock in the air. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, you know what? You know whose cock that is? Whose cock might that be? Uh, we're going to dive right into our guest. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, our guest, your friend, and ours, our homeboy, One Man Crew. What's up, bro? What's up, guys? <laughs> What's it going, dude? Going pretty fantastic, man. Hell yeah, dude. Thanks for joining us today. This is cool, man. Hey, thanks for having me on, brother. I've always been wanting to come on. You guys have the dopest podcast in the juggalo world, that's for sure. See, oh, shit, I, I thanks, mean, man. you're hearing it right there from the man himself. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Vinny. So, uh, what's cracking, man? How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Uh, I got so much, so many different projects going on. Like, Well, for, first, I do want to, I do want to, um, Say I'm happy that uh, you did not get your ass beat by Violent J. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy I didn't get my ass beat by Violent J too. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, we uh, we watched that video and like we were, I was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? What's he doing, man? You know what? I wouldn't have blamed you. You know, if you just kind of, if you would have let him, if you just kind of like felt sorry and be like, yeah, let me, I'll let him get a couple shots in. <laughs> yeah, this fifty year old guy. <laughs> So, so if, uh, I'm sorry. I just want to give you a proper introduction for those that don't know. One man crew. This guy, he has he's he did the uh, beat for Bewitching off of Yum Yum's lore. He's he's worked uh, with the clowns th- themselves in some capacity. So um, it was it was cool for you to reach out. He's got a new album. He just released a, a Christmas album last month. Uh, four tracks. Uh, the Astronomic Doctor Chronic Christmas. Right. Yeah, an astronomic Christmas with Doctor Chronic, yep. me and the drunk Zambini as the keepers of the crypt. Keepers of the crypt, and you're going to be doing some uh, work with MNE. A, a lot of the artists there. I've seen, uh, according to the the flyer we got here, uh, you got Twisted, ABK, Blaze, Boondocks, ROC, GMO, so and more. <laughs> so fresh. Yeah. Oh yeah. We uh, well, we had to sign a contract with MNE for to get Twisted on our shit, and. Uh, because there, there's a lot of red tape with that. They want to make sure, like, we ain't dissing nobody or not, none of that kind of oh, stuff. Oh wow! Hmm. There's, there's a lot of, lot of uh, rules that had to go in with that. So I took a picture of that. I printed out the contract. I took a picture of it. I put it on Juggalo Reddit anonymously, and with the, with the, uh, the uh, subject 
did one man crew sign with MNE question mark just to drum up some buzz. And sure. People would be interested in that, but it kind of backfired on me because everybody's like, that's a fake contract. He's trying to say he signed with MNE. And it's like, no, nah, <laughs> no, nah, I'm not trying to say that. Trying to get people interested in what I'm doing. You yeah. Know what I'm saying? We get it, man. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, of course, you, you're, you're gotta, you gotta play your angles somehow. That's, there's, I personally don't fault you for that. You know, it sucks that Juggalos kind of, uh, may have turned on you because of that, but you know, it is what it is. I'll tell you what, man, you, you caught my attention with that video, you know, calling out Jay right there in the corner. I was like, what the <laughs> hell is going on here? You know, now, you know, I, now I don't like to say the, the F word too much, you know, yeah. but, you know, you know the F word I'm talking about, right? The fake, yeah, yeah, fake, yeah, yeah. you know, so, yeah. you know, but, yeah. uh, I, and I'm one, you know, I'm just kind of wondering, is that, is that a work? Is there, I mean, I, you don't have to tell me, you know, tell me off no, there, but no, it's, it's not a work, man. Like that violent J owes me 20 grand for all the custom beats that I made him. Like I worked for psychopathic as a producer for a year. I made like between anywhere from 40 to 50 custom beats for ICP. The deal was the first four were supposed to be free. And then he'd give me $500 a beat after that. And so for a whole year, I kept cranking out custom beats. And, and when I moved to Detroit from Guam, I was living in Guam when he gave me the deal. And he told me to, to come back over this way because they could use somebody of my skills because I, I have more than one skill. I'm not just a, music producer and an artist and a wrestler i also do graphic design i do video editing and audio engineering all kind of different stuff so he he told me that they could really use somebody like me so that if i wanted to make all the other goals that i i have come true then i need to come back there and work with them hands-on so that's what i did i moved over there i moved it i came to detroit and then i sent him a text and he was like what are you talking about bro we ain't hiring he just basically kind of like gaslighted me and act like he didn't say all the things that he said yeah and and i let that go for a long time i didn't say anything for a year i kept it I, you know, I kept it secret. I didn't want, uh, I don't want the whole world knowing my business like that. So sure. I just, I just kept it inside for a long time. And over the course of the, the year, uh, leading up to now, I kept sending him emails and stuff like basically reaching out like, and, and giving him the olive branch, like, Hey man, can we just start over? Like, how can, you know, can we just work together some more? Like, I mean, I don't know what went wrong between you and I, but like I've been, I put in a lot of, I poured my heart and soul into all those beats for you, man. And I feel like I just kind of got screwed over. So, so what was, uh, so he kind of like, um, it sounds like he kind of, uh, to you, he re he reneged on your deal. It, it, that's exactly what it is. So, that's what, so I guess the question is just like we we've seen the. Um, I mean, if you go to your Instagram, one man crew Instagram, you'll see you've posted some, uh, screenshots of the emails and text messages and stuff. Like Father J called you a fucking retarded monkey or some shit. Which yeah. I, I ain't gonna lie, that was kind of funny, but uh, <laughs> heartbreaking. That, if, if Father J called me a retarded monkey, I'd yeah. be fucking goddamn. I, I will say that it was funny, but also at the same time that you know that's. You know that's kind of cutting deep. It's I like know. you know what the, you know. It's like, it, I, I get it. You you know that's that's like a, almost like a challenge. It's like you know pulling you know trying to pull my manhood, my man card. You know. So he. Yeah. So I, I'm just I'm more curious 
to the specifics of the initial deal. Like you said that you were supposed to get forward beats. Like how did this deal actually look? Um, was there, was there paper involved or was this just like some text messages sent back and forth? I'm just curious to, to know just because I know some jugglers are gonna be like, why the fuck would he uproot his life off of like somebody saying, sure, yeah. bro, come do this. And so I want to know there had to be something there where you were like, he's serious. Like he really needs me. Like what was it? Well, the thing is, man, is like nobody in, on psychopathic ever signs anything. Like that's a misconception. Mm. Like when everybody says I signed with psychopathic, psychopathic records is the most illegitimate record label on the planet. Like the and you can ask Tally Demon; she'll tell you. Like she she was with them. She never signed nothing. They they had distribution deals, but they never actually had a, a record deal yeah. with anybody. So any producer or artist never actually signs with psychopathic it's all like handshake deal bullshit okay and and so i i reached out to violent j on cameo during the pandemic because i had a bunch of beats on my laptop that i had made in my spare time and uh i wrestled for jcw at the 2011 gathering and i met violent j there so i I texted him on cameo. I paid like 20 bucks to send him a message. And I was like, Hey man, I don't know if you remember me. I met you at the 2011 gathering. Uh, since then I've really leveled up a lot as a music producer. And I got a bunch of beats on my laptop. Uh, if you want, you could just have, have them. Cause I, you know, I'm not going to do nothing with them. So he's like, yeah, sure. Send me some fire. So I sent him the beats and he was like, we listened to him, man. We don't, we, we didn't find any that we want to use, but keep sending us stuff. I was like, well, how about this, man? I'll make you a couple custom beats and then tell me what you think. So I made him two custom beats. And then when I sent him those, like he was like marking out hard. Like he was like, man, this beat is dope as fuck. He's like, I need you to make, he said, do me a favor, bro. He's like, make every beat like this, like these ones. So he's like, I'm going to give, I'm going to offer you a deal, man. It's not the best deal in the world, but really take your time to think of, about it because like, it might seem kind of lame now, but four or five years from now, when your career's going good, you'll look back and see that this deal is fair. So I propose that you give me this beat and, and for free and, uh, three other beats or two other beats, just like it for a total of four free beats. And then I'll give you $500 a beat after that. I was okay. like, well, shit, that's dope. Like nobody else offering me a deal like that. Sure. So why, why not? Like, I'll take it. Like, and then I told him, I was like, I also, I'd like to uh, have a run with the JCW title. I've always wanted to, you know, have a, be the JCW champion. And, and that's when he was like, Oh, you're a wrestler. I'm like, yeah. And then he was like, he was he said, well, I, I can't guarantee you that like that comes with friendship. I was like, okay, that's cool. I'll be your friend, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, and I'd also like to uh, do a, a song with you guys. Like, have you guys spit on one of my tracks? And he's like, I can't guarantee you any of those things. You'll just have to come uh, hang out with us in the D. And once we get to know you, we'll be coming up with more projects. together. That, that all sounds pretty fair so far, by the way. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, and when, then I told him that I also do like uh, graphic design and video editing and audio engineering and whatnot. And he's like, man, you sent, you seem really talented, man. He's like, uh, I hope you come back here, man. You need to bring your ass back here. Cause we could really use somebody like you, man. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm actually planning on coming. I was already planning on coming back over here anyway. 
But um, so I, I he was like, look, he's like, we're we're gonna do the super group called uh, Four Horsemen of the Metropolis. It's a, a group of four producers. If everything works out, if everything works out, you'll be in that super group, and you'll be an artist on Psychopathic, and you'll be doing so many different things. There's like a thousand different things you guys will be doing. You'll be remixing uh, classic ICP albums, hosting parties, blah, 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 blah. He's giving me like basically dangling a carrot in front of my face to make me like excited about working are, with are these fo- I mean? Are these phone conversations or email? These are all texts. Okay. So I, I have his, I had his phone number, his email address. I talked to him on Cameo. I talked to him through text messaging on his phone and I talked to him through email. Okay. I never talked to him on the phone or nothing, okay. which I always thought thought was weird because I was like, because there was one time when uh, I sent him a beat and he really liked the hook. He's like, man, this beat's dope as fuck. But the I don't he said he didn't like the way the verses sounded. So he was like, <clears throat> he's like, I want the beat to go the the eight oh eight and the verse to go boom boom boom. <laughs> He said that in a text? Yeah, on an email. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, um, uh, okay. That can be interpreted like four or five, six different ways as a producer. You know what I yeah. mean? It can be the first, the first three patterns, boom, boom, boom. It can be uh, a, a triplet sliced over four patterns, boom, boom, boom. It could be the, the first, the third, and the fifth pattern, boom, boom, boom. It could be so many yeah. different things. I think, so I think I was, he got too used to that alien music. Quit listening to that damn alien music. <laughs> My, I, I have. I did have a question though. Didn't that like you were actually talking to Jay? No, or, or- I knew I was. I knew I was talking to him because you have to. You have to. Uh, you have to like when you're on Cameo. You have to be verified mm. that you know if you're going to be on there making videos and stuff. So I knew I was talking to him mm, okay. on, on Cameo, and then he gave me his number and his email, and his you know his emails is so obvious that it's him. Violent J so, at gmail dot com. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to put his email. I know he, he, he don't give it to a lot of people, but yeah, blank at psychopathicrecords.com. That's funny. So. I mean that see that and, and and right there that's you know you you're having this uh, I guess this uh, conflict uh business conflict with with jay and you're choosing not to completely go out give his email out and stuff like that i mean that's you know, you know that's cool and handle it like a man you know hopefully hopefully one day you guys can settle your differences that would that would be cool to see i mean you know we're not complete marks for icp we understand that you know they're they're in a cutthroat industry and they probably gaslight and they've probably done this for years and you know they they try to get what they can and do what they can but uh, I, I can, I can definitely see where, you know, you would get caught up in this shit and be like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not fucking with this. I gotta, I'm going to go call him out on a street corner. And I mean, that's the man shit I get and I get it, man. But did you ever think like, hey, you know, like, man, if he actually shows up, am I really going to like let loose on this guy? Like, what? <laughs> oh, oh, I would, I would, I would have let him get the first punch. I mean, cause I'm, I'm 40 years old. I'm still in my prime. I mean, I have heart problems too because I got I got electric shock that knocked my heart out of rhythm, mm. and I have asthma. So I mean, I'm not like the perfect healthy person or anything. Were you were you were you up to what if he were to show up that day and like try to have like a cool chill conversation? Is that something that was still on the table, or were you just over it by that point? 
I would have talked to him. Okay. I'm just curious. Like, I, I guess what I'm trying to get to by asking that is I'm just trying to gauge, like, I, it's obvious that you're a juggalo. You know, you, you've, I, I'm going to go on a limb and say you've probably been a juggalo for a long time. Um, you know, so getting to work with Violent J, that's every young juggalo's fucking dream. You know what I mean? And you got that opportunity and it kind of blew up in your face, unfortunately. You got to see a little bit of the b- behind the paint, you know? So yeah. uh, that, that, yeah. that's got to kind of suck. And uh, so I guess my question, my next question would be, you know, what do you feel like? How do you still feel as a juggalo then after all this? Honestly, man, I feel like the juggalo culture is bigger than ICP now at this point. And like, you, I, I'm still I still claim juggalo because mm-hmm. it ain't just ICP. It's breaking. It's broken free from the shackles of ICP. Yeah. Like long, long ago already. Yeah. So, I mean, I understand like they call them 17 percenters that like it don't matter. Like violent Jake could like shoot somebody in the street in broad daylight and they'd still like worship and right as nuts i get that mm. and i i know a lot of people who haven't heard of me they probably just see oh what the hell is this guy doing who's this jabroni i've never heard of this motherfucker before you know like and they they don't know the backstory they don't know anything about me and they're saying a lot of unkind things about me and i, and I understand why because they're very loyal and very passionate about icp and i get that man and i was i grew up listening to icp and if i if somebody told me that Violent J is at best a junkie and a douchebag and at worst a con artist and a sexual predator, I wouldn't want to believe it either. Mm. So I just, you know, I get that that they're going to stand up for him and, and defend him no matter how wrong he is in the situation or how dirty he, he does people. They're always going to cling to this guy's nutsack and i get that yeah but as far as like the juggalo being a juggalo and stuff goes like you can still be a juggalo and not rock with icp you know what i mean there's so many people that go to the mne shows and then there are other new artists in in the juggalo community it's it's growing and expanding to to the point where once ICP is like dead, it's gonna keep going on. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. So, so I don't, I don't like. And don't get me wrong, I'm still a fan of of Insane Clown Posse's art. I'm not a fan of Joe Bruce the person or the Joe Bruce the businessman. Sure, but I I I appreciate their artwork. Like it saved my life when I was going through a hard time when I was in my youth when I was feeling depressed and suicidal. So, I mean, it did a lot for me. It, it how, just, how long, just, how long have you been down? Like how, how old were, were you when you got into them? And, uh, so how long ago would that be? I was 17 years old when I like really started claiming juggalo. Okay. But I started listening to him when I was like 14 or 15. Okay. Yeah. Something like that. You're in a similar boat as us, man. You're around the same age as us got into it right around the same time too. So, um, we, we, like that's a, we, we feel you on that level for sure. So, and I will say when I saw that video, I was like, who the hell is this freak? He's stalking Jay's on the corner. What, what the hell is this guy doing? You know I mean? I ain't gonna lie. I was like, what, what the hell? But you know, at the end, you explained everything at the end of that video. I yeah. watched it till the end and I was like, you know what? Okay, man. I, you know, I kind of get where this guy's coming from. I feel him. You know, I, I, I see where he's in and I, I hope that, I really truly hope that there's some way you could settle this and that, you know, 
people realize that I I, tr- I truly believe you know you're you're doing what any man would or should do and stand up for what you're doing now I, I, I can say this that may be a little naive I, I might I might say it was a little naive to actually believe that you know Jay would work with you but the fact that he's sending you texts and stuff like this and should I get that and understand that and you're you know it builds you up and you're like oh okay cool but like I mean a lot of you know, I mean, every every single one of us have rid the coattail. We're all riding the coattails of ICP right now. We've all been in that situation, and I just hope that you know, well, in the juggling I mean, world, you can redeem yourself and like you you're not looked at as this crazy guy trying to stalk Jay. <laughs> Dude, I produced a song that that was like on a hit record for ICP, the Yum Yum's Lure. It debuted on uh, iTunes Hip Hop Rap albums as number one i produced bewitching on there so that right there's like enough for me to like okay yeah i'm really working with these guys they yeah you use my beat so so that right there is legit so at that point i'm like okay yeah this deal's legit it was solidified for you right there yeah yeah so and and like a lot of people have a misconception. I, I didn't challenge Violent J to a fight. He challenged me to a fight. I answered his challenge by going to 10 mile and power rope. Yeah. And you explain it all at the end of that video. Yeah, so I will true. say that I did watch that till the end. And like, I got a, uh, this newspaper called Pacific daily news, which is a USA today affiliate. They did an article on me producing that uh, that song on Yum Yum's Lure. I had to, I had to uh, do this to beat on pots and pans, so to speak, to make sure I got credit for what I did. Because just in case something came up, because I had a feeling that I was, it was a screw job waiting to happen. Because there was no credit in the liner notes. There's no credit on the metadata on Spotify or iTunes. Like, oh wow, I didn't know I, that that's what i'm saying man like this this isn't about it's it's about the principle of how are you gonna use somebody's music get paid off of it continue to make money off of it not give the person proper credit and then not pay them for what you said you were going to pay them for and on top of that gonna shit talk them Mm. and treat him like a jabroni that's the that's the thing man like my honor was disgraced yeah yeah and i I I felt that i did i did feel that and i did see that when you were explaining at the end of that video so i I will say i will you know i i I understood after i watched that so let me ask this then how did the meeting with twisted come about i didn't i didn't meet with twisted until i saw him at fright fest like I, i i i um are you familiar with intrinsic yes so I've been dealing with uh, Intrinsic for, I don't know, maybe 12, 13 years. And I was on one of his uh, mixtapes, the the Underground Hustling. Okay, yeah. I, had ma- I made a song with Esham, and I had submitted that and another track to UGH34. Uh, and so since then, I started doing a little bit of business with him or inquiring about prices of certain things. Like I, I hired him to do a DVD cover for me for one of my wrestling DVDs. And over the years, like I would uh, inquire about prices for certain things. And okay. I, om- I almost jumped on that Lex, the hex master strictly for my ninjas mixtape. But when I found out that there wasn't going to be any, uh, any back end points for anybody or anything like that, I decided not to get on it. But looking back, I wish I would have jumped on that because it 
it would have been pretty cool to have sure. in my discography, but so I guess uh, but, uh, let me uh, let me ask this. Let me rephrase my question. Then, since you may, since you haven't met up met with Twisted, I just know that you're working with a lot of the artists, and you've you have obviously signed stuff with them. Um, so what it, what was the process like to work with Twisted? Like, how do you even get to work with Twisted? So you met well, them at Fright get, Fest. I was getting I was Sorry. getting to that. Um, so intrinsic, he works for Magic Ninja. Okay. Uh, so I I came to him. And I negotiated with him to get the all the the basically all the top acts on MNE for like a really, really discounted price that most people don't normally get. Okay. So I was able to get uh all the guys that we wanted to work with, Twisted, Blaze, ABK, ROC, Boondocks. I was we were we were able to get them for like probably less than half of what they normally cost. Nice. All right. That's dope. And then, so basically from that point, we just sent the money and the tracks and they, they uh, send us back the, the waves of each feature and, and that's it, man. It's, we had to sign Like I said, we had to sign the, the contract with, with uh, twisted. Can you talk more? Can you talk more about that contract? Like you said that they had like, uh, stipulations. What, like, what kind of stipulations? Were, uh, other than you, obviously, not, they didn't want you to diss them or ICP or what was it? Um, let me see if I can find it real quick. Okay, I might have it up here. I just I like knowing like the inner workings of how some of these deals go and shit because uh, you know you don't get too many opportunities to talk to people who have gone okay. through it. You know. So this is it right here. Okay. And if anybody who thinks is a fake contract, there's a real fucking <laughs> MNE contract says <clears throat> these are the rules. Number one, there were there are to be no more than four total artists to be on the track. Number two, Twisted and Magic Ninja Entertainment are not responsible for any promotion of for this track. Three, prior to posting for sale or download on any social media or digital outlets, you must contact George with the track for approval. Four, Twisted may only be listed as a featured artist and not as a main artist in the form of track title featuring Twisted. This track is not to be used as a cipher or promoted in as such in any way. Mm-hmm. Before Twisted records their verse, verse, the entire track must be sent to George for content approval, including but not limited to beat, producer, other featured artists, lyrics, and content, etc. Seven, this is not this track is to be used in no way as a diss track or deemed defamation of character to anyone. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Eight. You shall be entitled to provide the one-time payment of I'm not gonna say how much required upon execution of sure. this agreement unless otherwise prior written agreement exists. This payment shall be inclusive of all monies due with respect to services rendered for the creation of the composition and master. Mm. You agree and acknowledge that the fee as specified here in this paragraph shall be deemed as a so-called all-in fee. I see. I see. I mean, it makes sense why they make the rules like no, no more than four artists because motherfuckers will pay for the track and then just get all their buddies to hop. Like, oh, I got on a fucking Jamie Madrox try to, track. Try to pull a fucking Wu-Tang on them. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think really what they are worried about is and us getting it for the price we got it for charging other artists to be on it. Yeah, you know what I, I mean. See that. Like, 
I see. I see. Okay. I mean, that, that, hey, at least at least they give you a fucking contract to sign. I mean, it's more than uh, ICP did for you. Yeah, they're legit. Uh, MNE is a legit. Why do you think everybody leaves psychopathic and goes to, to MNE? What it sounds like, like to me is, is what happens is, especially with this Violent J shit, like the way he's texting you, he probably gets motherfuckers hitting him up all the time offering him shit yada yada so of course he's gonna he's gonna fucking let it like oh yeah send me some shit yeah you you send me some shit too he's gonna collect all this shit no matter what that way he has a pool to pull from but then yeah. all of a sudden when it comes time he just fucking uses it and doesn't want to uh do anything else well i talked to somebody f- i'm not gonna i'm not gonna mention his name excuse me because he and i had a conversation recently he's an artist that's on the mne uh, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like. I don't want to put him out there like that. But he and I were talking about it, about that deal that me and Joe had. Mm-hmm. And he said, honestly, man, it sounds like he does that to every art, uh, to every producer, just to get free beats. Like, yeah, like he he yeah, may have that. intended to pay you if he liked certain amount of beats. But he probably is like finesses so many different producers with that same mm. deal and just collects on the four free beats and then never pays them nothing. That's yeah. what told me. It makes you wonder, though, that, like, what, like, why did that work out? How come it went sour for you? But he kept working with like Shaggy the Airhead and Devereaux who were making beats right coming in right at the same time as you. Well, they had, they were already working with with uh, there was like already like a degree of favoritism towards those guys because they were they would already they had already been working with Ouija Mac. Yeah. For, for years already at that point so so like there yeah that's why that's another thing like i was kind of looking at it like okay i think this guy's kind of sleeping on me because he's he has a certain like mm, favoritism towards other producers yeah. so then and then when he admitted to me that he didn't even listen to like most of the beats i sent him i was like this son of a bitch like <laughs> i've been pouring all this time effort energy putting my heart and soul into all this music for this motherfucker for a year and he didn't even listen to the motherfucker like i wanted to kill him yeah. like seriously yeah that's a shame man it's a, it sucks it went down like that for what it's worth i did listen to quite a bit of that when you release a year after yum yum you released that uh here's what yum yum could have sounded like um with all beats that you made for i assume those were some of the custom beats you made and a lot of them were very tight i could see icb rapping on many of them i remember seeing yeah. that around that time too i, I remember yeah. seeing that video i had no clue who you were but i, I that video made its round you'll have to go back and edit the description though because i listened to it last week and you give him way too many props you can't have that on there now <laughs> <laughs> well i i know see here's the thing the psychology of the juggalos i understand it well and for some reason every single every single time something doesn't work out with somebody with icp the juggalos automatically are like fuck this guy yeah like no matter what the circumstances are. So I'm just like, well, I'm just going to be cool and hopefully things will blow over and things will work themselves out. Cause I'm still trying to like work things out yeah. with violent J. And then, um, oh, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. It's all right. Something, <laughs> something real, really important. And I wanted to tell you guys, well, but, you, Oh yeah. yeah. So, so one of the reasons, another thing I got to tell you about, the significance of, of signing a deal is like the reason the MNE guys can all use their names on MNE that Violet J created on Psychopathic is because they never signed nothing. Mm. 
That makes so, sense. Yeah. So like all these people, like there wasn't a contract, blah, blah, blah. Like there's people like, like shitting on me because I didn't sign a contract. Yeah. I'm like, nobody signs a fucking contract. Well, they had to have signed something regarding the masters, right? Cause I know they had some bullshit with trying to get their masters back or something. I don't yeah. know. I'm not sure what, what uh, the deal is there. That probably well, goes under the, as far as just the music and the label. Yeah. They, they the the reason they were able to get their masters back is because there wasn't a contract. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Mm. So, okay, yeah, I mean we see like that, and, and that's a double edged sword. They can use that to their advantage, but they can also get fucked over that. You know, yeah. I mean it's been working yeah. for them this long, I guess. Although the like you said, man, like psychopathic records. It, at one point, it might have been kind of a like a legitimate. Uh, I mean, legitimately looked at source of like a record label of underground artists, but now it's like a shell of its former self. And this is kind of what I see. Psychopathic is like a, it, they're like a tight knit kind of family. You have to be like, you have to be accepted into the family. Yeah. It's not really a label. There's no contract. It's a family. You have to be accepted in. You have to almost be like, you know, you, you know, you have to prove that loyalty and then they'll accept you in. And then even then they'll still, you know, eh, we're not, you know, we're gonna fuck with you. But like, that's the difference yeah. between you know, an actual label, a contract and just getting into something like ICP. It's so different. It's so different. They're, you know, and it's not like a real record label. It's like, it's, it's ICP. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's like, it's, it's more like mafia style shit. Dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like, like it's juggalo style, bro. I mean, it's just, I mean, it, it is what it is. You know, it, you know what, man? But I'll tell you what, man, what, you know, I, like I said, I was like, what, who is this guy? But you know, you ended up, intriguing me to the max you're a fascinating figure i really want to see buddy. where you go with this uh you know I'm, I, i've just started kind of deep dive into what you're what you're into and what you do you seem like you you know you're on a path to try you know you're trying to get into the music business and stuff and you realize that it is a cutthroat business so you know well, I, I wish you luck I've, on in that in this journey i've been making music for 20 years i made over two hundred thousand dollars independently yeah, I mean, so you've been in it, so you understand. You you understand the rounds. Like, I guess messing with someone like psychopathic is just a whole different monster. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. it's just that saying, "Don't ever meet your heroes." Yeah, yeah. In most cases, that's true. That's not true. I've met a lot of. I've worked with a lot of established artists prior to my experience with Violent J. Um, I worked with uh, Jimmy Bauer from Down and I Hate God. I worked with uh, uh, Esham, Bizarre from D12, Little Light. And they're all cool. They're all super cool. And I've wrestled with a lot of guys that I watched on TV, and most of them were super cool dudes. It's just like this one particular individual ain't so cool, like in my opinion. I mean, that seems to be a a pretty common trend, man. So like like Carver said, I think it is. You just have to be if you're not in like you're you're not really going to get in, you know, Uh, and unfortunately, these days, the only way it seems to get in is to be fucking butt buddies with Ouija Mac. So who wants to do that? (laughs) Honestly, literally. (laughs) (laughs) Glad you have a similar feeling, man. We uh, we don't really fuck with Ouija Mac around here. Yeah, I, I mean, I could take it or leave it. You know, it's a, it's a new day. It's a new it's a new thing. You know, let people like what they like. Come on, I let them. Uh, I'm still gonna <laughs> say it sucks. <laughs> I want to tell you guys about how I've been, and I'm telling you, I've kept my mouth shut for over a year for a reason because for for this past over a year, I've been engineering my my revenge in the form of success to spite Violent J. So I've got this album dropping with all the M&E guys on it. That's like the cherry on top of the icing on top of the cake. Sure. 
That's that's not even like the main things that I got going on. I've been booking all of Violent J's uh, guys from JCW and beating them all. <laughs> and like I had, uh, had Corporal Robinson come out of retirement and drop. He like he never lost the JCW title, so we got like a replica of the JCW title, and we call it the Lineal World Title. And he dropped it to me, and then I got a custom uh, belt made, so that like, and then I. I Defended it against uh, Madman Pondo, Congo Kong, Rhino, uh, Eugene, like all of all of Joe's like favorite guys. He likes to book, <laughs> and 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 like here's the thing though, it's not people are looking at it like, oh, this guy's a mark. He got a fake belt and he's beating all these booking and be. They don't know why I'm doing this. Right? They think they think it's just because like I'm trying to be a facetious prick. <laughs> Against Violent J and 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 that's that's that part's true, but there's a reason I'm doing that because I've got uh, a deal for a TV show on Fight called Legends of the Underground. I'm licensing all the footage of these matches. Um, they're gonna pay me to air my my wrestling matches on TV, and then on top of that, I'm shooting a documentary series called Wrestle Gaiden, which follows the story of the Lineal World Championship of Professional Wrestling. It's it, it goes deeper than the actual JCW shit. Okay. When, Corp- when Corporal Robinson beat uh, Scott Hall at Bloody Mania, Scott Hall was the WWC Universal Champion. And he was the lineal world champion because the the WWC universal title traces back all the way to when uh, Ric Flair and Carlos Colon had a steel cage match and Carlos beat Ric Flair to unify the NWA world's heavyweight title and the WWC uh, world's heavyweight title to create the universal title. And Carlos Colon was the only person to beat Ric Flair twice during those uh, what they call the phantom title switches where Sometimes Ric Flair would go to another country or something and let the guy beat him, and but they never recognized the title change. But but uh, since Carlos Colon beat Ric Flair twice, that's a significant thing. So we're starting the the lineage of that lineal title to that time when Ric Flair beat, I mean Carlos beat Ric Flair, and then the series, the uh, the Wrestle Guidance series, every other opponent besides those jcw guys and some of those were like former jcw champions but everybody else is like a former world champion in like wcw or wwe or ecw or or some other promotion like for example um rhino he was like the last ever ecw world heavyweight champion when they went out of business so that's the story of that is like this guy has a a a claim at being a lineal world champion because since he never lost that title and then like i'm wrestling dan the beast sever on april 8th uh to shoot the finale of the first season and he he never lost the nwa world's heavyweight title when they stripped it on they just basically took it from him and, and gave it to nwa tna which is now impact wrestling damn and then i'm wrestling shane douglas and on march 25th he never lost the xpw world heavyweight title when they went out of business and now now xpw's back and they, they got a new champion but uh Storyline wise, though, uh, Shane Douglas can say that he could have a claim at being lineal world champion because he never lost the XPW title and so on and so forth. I just wrestled Tony Atlas. See, the thing with the lineal world title, if you know anything about boxing, is um, in order to be the lineal world champion, you have to um, beat the man who's beat the man who's beat the man and so on and so forth. So even if you get stripped of the title, 
of a belt, you're still a lineal champion because you never lost the title. I see. So, so um, Tony Atlas, like he, he, he was like a former world tag team champion. He was the first ever African-American world champion of pro wrestling, uh, being one half of the world tag team champions with Rocky Johnson. And, and at that time they pushed him like to the moon. Uh, he, he beat Paul Kogan, like, four or five different times. Uh, he beat Macho Man, Randy Savage, Ric Flair, Sergeant Slaughter, Iron Cheek. So storyline-wise, like, he beat all these guys that are world champions and legendary, like, Mount Rushmore-level talents. So that's, like, the storyline for why I'm wrestling that guy. Is this guy's beat them all. So if I beat him, I'm just as good as any of these guys. You know what I'm saying? So basically the, the wrestle guide and project is to not only uh, get myself over as a talent and also get the title over, but also to build a, a, the brand wrestle guide which I, I plan to run shows under wrestle guide live. So there's that wrestle guide uh, like ninja guide Yeah. Guide means side story or, wow. or spinoff. Cool. Okay. So are you, are you going to, you're trying to take that live around the country? I don't know if it'll be around the country, but like, I want to do something where we can have like, like internet pay-per-views and stuff like that. Like to where we, well, who knows? I don't know if it'll, how big it'll get, but almost like a, like a studio, like a kind of like a studio setting wrestling type of thing. That'd be kind of cool. There's there. The possibilities are endless. I just got to see how the actual documentary series goes. If it gets over, if I can make some money off of it, if I can make a lot of money off of it, there's a, a lot of different possibilities. I know there's the guy that I know that's doing the, the legends of the underground on fight. He told me that if, if my documentary series is good, that he can get a deal fast tracked to where I can sell it to fight or something Damn, or bro. license it to fight. I hope that shit works so. out. That sounds really cool, dude. I did have one and question. No, no, uh, utmost respect to Tony Atlas. Is it true? Mm-hmm. Is it true about what they say about him, about what he likes uh, women to do to him? Yeah. He likes getting beat up by women. <laughs> he, he likes, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> nothing but respect to Tony Atlas. He's a legend, but yeah, I heard he likes, I mean, do they like to, do they step on his balls? I don't know what I, I didn't I didn't get too much into detail. I spent I spent a good bit of time with him, a couple of days with him, and he he's a really nice guy. I mean yeah. I love I love that guy. He he is so generous with his knowledge and his experience. Yeah. He said, King, he said, kid, I'm the king of fuck ups. I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you. So you don't fuck up. <laughs> That's cool, man. Man, it seems like you you've got a wealth of knowledge in the wrestling business. I would I would definitely like to deep dive that. You should probably write a book one day. Put this J when, when this J stuff is finally done. Put that in there. And dude, if you could turn this into a lot storyline with with Jay and actually make this work and make money off of it, man, that's like I mean, that's the that would be the the ultimate you know payoff. Yeah, for, that'll uh, be the, like a that should be that that should be the uh, what you pitched. Eventually, when this blows over, pitch it to Jay. Be like, look, I know we had our differences. If you want to take it out in the ring. Put me on. We'll fucking we'll fucking have at it, dude. And then like they could be promoted as a, a big thing, man. Fucking yeah. I don't. I mean, I've seen Jay back in the <laughs> ring. I don't know about that, but man, just just this being like a storyline, you know, a side storyline. Uh, it's kind of cool, you know. A, well, he a could lot be of like that. a Juggalo hater, like like I fucking hate Juggalos now, <laughs> you motherfuckers. <laughs> no, nah, nah, that's the thing, man. I love Juggalos because that's why it's heartbreaking for me to to read some of the. 
not so nice things people are saying about me because like i got so much love for my juggalo homies and juggalo family and like to read like the things that people are saying about me i'm like gosh dang i wish this person knew what they were talking about yeah i I would tell juggalos out there you know uh you know it might not be exactly what you're thinking give people the benefit of the doubt you know uh people are going to stand up for what they are if they're you know if, if they're challenged i i, I give her anybody respect that actually stands up and it, no matter who the fuck it is yeah dude i mean so you know there there's may, may sorry not to no, cut you off but there may be a few things of what you've done that i go yeah i probably would have done that different but for the most part i think you stood your ground and like i you know people are asking does jay care does jay i'm sure he does i mean i'm sure jay sees sees this shit he's he's not an idiot he he sees things online and does he care or doesn't he care i don't think that's the question it's it's you know it's what you displayed like you know this is this is you know i felt like i got wronged and i'm i'm gonna stand up for it so you know as far as that's concerned i you know i give you the props for that thank you brother another thing i want to talk to you guys about is this juggalo movie off ramp that's coming out directed by nathan tape now this guy Nathan Tape is a really cool dude. He um, he gave me a cameo in this movie, and he uh, used five of my beats in the soundtrack. And he paid me SAG after minimum for one day on set, which is like four hundred and four dollars. And then he gave me two different contracts for the sync licensing agreement. So I'll be getting like royalties for that movie, like until it becomes public domain. Hell yeah. When's that coming out? Right now it's in the, uh, the uh, film festival stage right now where they got to play it for like executives and stuff at film festivals. And then if what, what happens, see a lot of people don't know how the independent film thing works, especially when you're dealing with like low budget films and stuff independently uh, funded is uh you make the film and then you you screen it at film festivals and then at these film festivals they have executives from different distribution companies and film companies and if uh if one of those executives likes the film then they'll try to uh pitch to the company to make an offer to distribute the film so right now it's at the uh the film festival stage okay uh-huh. Cool. So it's all edited, ready to go. It's just once it's out of the film festival circuit, we'll start seeing it on Amazon Prime or some shit. I'm sure. I know a lot of those hipsters go to those those film festivals. Those hipster guys. You know what I mean? Dude, I want to go to the. I'm one of those. Oh, okay. I want to go to those. We don't have them here. Well, I know they hate everything. So usually, you know, (laughs) I wouldn't take their. You know, I I wouldn't take their word for it. That sounds, dude. You got your hands uh, doing a lot of shit. You're spinning a lot of plates. Got a lot of shit going on. This Violent J shit is just like one of the fifty plates that you're spinning. Fuck that one man you got enough other <laughs> shit to keep you busy like there's a thing like a lot of people are like who's that's nobody and it's like well i was already a somebody before i ever worked with icp <laughs> i mean i was i was a big star in japan as a pro wrestler for like six years that's sweet dude. yeah and i and i did see that man and that that is very intriguing to me i would like i would love to hear some road stories you know we we should have you on again and do, tell us some you know tell us some road stories yeah. man i want to hear some shit like that one day you know so I got one for you. Sure. I got a really, really funny one for you. Um, so my sensei, um, his real name is Tadahiro Fujisaki, but he wrestles as Fugo Fugo, uh, Fugo Fugo Yumeji or, or Master Fugo because he's the first ever Japanese Vavinam Viet Bo Dao 
sensei, which is a Vietnamese martial art. He went over to Vietnam and he learned it and he became the first ever Japanese Vavinam Viet Vodao teacher. So I can't, when I first started uh, going to Japan, he, he was training his first class of people. And I happened to be in that first class and uh, I stayed with him for uh, about six months when I first went to Japan and he was sitting at his computer desk and he was telling me about a story about a wrestling promoter uh, named Nakamura who used to be the boss of zero one. And he used to work in the office at zero one. And he told me that uh, he wanted to run his own show to see if, if it, if it could be a success. Cause uh, he always wanted to wrestle in front of a, a huge crowd. So he pr- promoted at like some huge arena and he made like a $10,000 gate. So he, he brought the money to Nakamura and Nakamura took the 10,000 and gave him back 200 bucks. Like uh, as a show of loyalty, he gave him all the money from the show and then Nakamura gave him back 200 bucks okay. for wrestling at the show. So I said, wow, what a cocksucker. <laughs> and he goes, <laughs> he goes, cocksucker <laughs> you know you know cocksucker son i was like cocksucker son what are you talking about bro and uh he said cocksucker son wa full contact karate magazine no editor desk i said what and so he shows me this magazine called full contact karate and the editor's name is mr kakusaka kakusaka <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny kakusaka <laughs> Because phonetically, phonetically, cocksucker and kakusaka is pronounced phonetically the same in in Japanese phonetics. Kaksaka. That's hilarious. He's like, he's like, how, how, how do you know my homie? <laughs> yeah, right. How, how do you know kaksaka? <laughs> like, yeah, that's me and my homie kaksaka over here, man. Get the fuck out of our way. <laughs> and then when I told him what kaksaka really meant, he thought we were laughing about it, like. <laughs> like retards for like 20 minutes. <laughs> and That's then, awesome. uh, he had a good sense of humor wrote, about it. Yeah, he wrote it down on a piece of paper. He wrote C O C K S U C K E R and and the meaning of it. And then he taped it up uh, on his wall behind his computer monitor. Wow. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so he, he let that one sink in. He's like, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna stew on this. Oh man, that's funny. <laughs> All right. Um, all right. Well, before I let you go, I did have one last question. I did want to ask: Will we see? Will we be seeing one man crew uh, beats start popping up over an M and E anytime soon? You got anything on the, in the works with that? I actually had talked to quite a few of M and E's artists when I was at Fright Fest doing a promotional photo uh, with them, and quite a few of their artists are interested in, in using some of my beats. Hell yeah, dude. Have, I haven't sent any yet because I don't know which ones that were, were – we got me and my friend Drunk Zambini, the other half of the Keepers of the Crypt. We got a couple different projects we're working on right now, including the one that's about to drop. So we don't know which beats we're going to use for – he's going to do a – I'm going to produce a solo project called Liquor Box for mm. Drunk, Drunk Zambini. So I'm not sure what beats we're going to use for his project yet. And But, yeah, it's quite possible that, that I might uh, start – cranking out more beats and putting them on my beat stars page at one man crew dot beat stars.com or something like that. Okay. I don't, I don't really use my beat stars page. People will buy beats off me and then like want a refund and it kind of like screws me over. So I'm just thinking about taking my beat stars page down for some yeah. reason. Like I, 
I don't know. I don't know how people get away with that. They they buy the license to the beat, they download the beat, and then they say that they never got what they paid for, and and, and like end up through PayPal getting refunded. That's some horseshit, bro. I, I wouldn't even fuck with them uh, no more. Like, yeah, I, I think your your level is probably beyond that, anyways. Leave that to the fucking. Uh, rookies, you know what I mean? Fuck it, dude. You you you're you're out here doing real shit. You're making real deals and shit, man. Like people know people know how to find people doing the real deals. They ain't, the real deal motherfuckers ain't looking on beat stars for beats. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Legit. Yeah, so, you're right, man. <laughs> um, and oh, one 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 more thing uh, before you guys let me go. Yeah. I uh at uh prowrestlingtees.com slash one man crew we got six new astronomic dr chronic t-shirts up and then we've got the one man crew bloodthirsty savage t-shirt every single t-shirt sold i donate five dollars to st jude children research hospital and actually jerry 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 springer did a commercial for me for for that too oh that's dope dude that's awesome really cool go to one go to prowrestlingtees.com and get some one man crew shit you get a cool shirt and uh get donate to a good cause man and um, uh, once again, your album, The Astronomic Dr. Chronic, coming out 420. Look at all those features on there, bro. Damn. <laughs> Gmo Ski, bro. Look at yeah, that. Yeah. Blaze. You know, Tommy, Tommy Chong from Cheech and Chong, he does the intro skit with me. Oh, that. yeah. Bro. Oh, that's sweet, dude. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see, hearing that Gmo Ski track, too. I love fucking Gmo. Now, did, now, did you design that right there? You designed No, that? no. I had a... I, hired somebody to i designed that but the the actual joker card or smoker card to smoker i didn't design <laughs> nice like smoker that. card that's, <laughs> that's cool I, I paid uh Kiefer baker to do that for me he's a really talented artist yeah, yeah. artist yeah they, they, it's, it's very well done man i'm looking forward to checking it out man i i hope um you know i, I know this you, you, your your entry into the juggalo world has been tumultuous but i hope the juggalos do hear you out and give you a chance man you seem you're cool down to earth dude that you know you, you kind of got caught up in some shit with violent J, and it's unfortunate but uh, i hope you keep moving on man i hope the juggalos keep showing you love honestly i hope so too man because i love all the juggalos like even the ones that are like emailing me trying to challenge me to a fight and stuff so. <laughs> oh, come, come on guys tell them, tell them to meet you in the fucking ring don't, don't be don't be dumb people <laughs> it takes a lot of patience dealing with some people. But. Uh, don't sweat it, bro. We, well, uh, you know what, man? Look, we we do love the clowns. We do give them a lot of grace. In all honesty, we we speak up on Violent J's behalf quite a bit in defense of him over here. We are in in the end, like we we do love them, and we, we have the, we we have gave them our fair share of criticism as well. Though. That's true. But my whole point in saying that is, you know. All that said, we had Rudy on last week. It was nothing but love for him and Jay and everything else. And then to get you on, it's a little bit of a different dynamic. But my point is, I, we we are just here to – we want to hear out everybody, man. We want to talk to cool motherfuckers. I kept telling Carver, I was like, look, him and Jay are fighting, but every conver- every conversation you and I have had – has been cool, cordial. You've been uh, respectful and nice. Like so, I was like, man, let's. I'll, I'll fucking talk to anybody who's cool and nice. You know what I mean? Like, it don't take much. You don't have to be a fucking asshole uh, out here. You know what I mean? Like, juggalos, yeah. get, get let let one man crew uh, tell you how it is and hear him out. I mean, know? I go like, lie when I saw you standing on that corner in the snow. I was like, this motherfucker is like crazy. What the <laughs> fuck? And then when 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 I got to the end of that video and you started talking, explaining your, you know your story. I was like, you know, this guy seems like he's got a pretty big heart. He's just, he, he ain't taking no shit. He's going to stand up like a fucking man. And I, and I respect that, man. 
Thank you, brother. I appreciate you guys, yep. man. All right, man. Well, that's what's up, bro. Um, we'll let you go, man. But let, thanks, uh, thanks for hanging out with us as long as you did. I know we went over uh, as long as we told you we were. But um, and uh, thanks again, man, for for coming on. And uh, I, I hope that the Juggalos will. After this, I hope anyone watching this reaches out to you and says you're cool in my book. Thank you, brother. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Thanks, dude. Have a good night. Uh, we'll see you later. Hopefully, uh, we'll talk to you again sometime. All right. That'd be an honor, man. All right, man. Peace out. Thanks. Give it up for one man right. crew, y'all. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> whoop, whoop. So fresh. <laughs> that was so fresh. Thanks, bro. Um, very cool, man. That was one man crew. No, I'm saying. Spilling the beans on uh, some behind the scenes. No, no. We had, <laughs> we had uh, three votes on our po- poll. Will you give one man crew another chance? I don't know what people said. 67% said yes. What was that? I think so, man. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you know, don't take my word for it, but, you know, my gut feeling tells me he's got a good heart and he just feels wronged. And, you know, who, you know, most people go way more crazy. He just actually has a, you know, he actually has a decent platform to where you can see what he's doing. And, you know, when most people feel wronged, a lot of people flip out and do stupid shit. You know, but challenges, you know, challenging Jay, you know, now, now I would hate to see Jay come out and whoop his ass. Well, know. yeah, of course. Of course. Now, Jay, I don't, I don't know if you're, you know, I don't know the, what kind of shape you're in. If you're, you know, if you're training and whatnot, maybe you could actually go out and whoop his ass. But, you know, I would say either way, if they could, if they could meet up and sit down and just talk, you know, yeah, man, and actually cool. settle their differences. I, mean, I think it would be a cool, cool I would, dynamic. I would love to hear a redemption arc on that. I, 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 a match. Make some money out of it, man. Draw <laughs> some money out of this shit. Yeah. You know, make a match. I mean, it'd be cool, you know? I unfortunately don't see that happening, but, you know, if it did happen, that would be really fucking cool. That'd be dope. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, 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 you know, anybody out there who's actually challenging this man, I would just, you know, hold, hold your horses. Take it easy. Sit down. There's no reason for that. Yeah, I think the Juggalos are having a hard time viewing our stream if for what it's worth. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, I can't change it during the stream, though. What the fuck y'all want from me, huh? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, if it's bad, it's bad. We'll uh, fix it later. And a very interesting topic. Very interesting yeah. person. Uh, you know, I, I really can't see anything. I really can't see other reason why not to give him another chance. I, I wanted I wanted to have one man crew on here and be like, yeah, hey, man, this guy's fu- a fucking asshole, but he's just too nice. Yeah, he's, he's too he, nice. Of he's a guy, guy that kind of got fucked over, honestly. Like, I truly yeah. believe that. Like, uh, I mean, uh, and it's not it's not all his fault. I mean, Violent J, obviously, he was kind of a dick to him, I think. It, it does sound like. But uh, once again, I think that to one man crew, he was like in to Violent J. He's like. He's like, who the fuck are you still? Yeah. And, uh, and then there was a, a just an obvious different in understanding of that relationship. So yeah. it's unfortunate. I know myself. I would never, ever think that I was in ever like it. I don't know. Maybe there's a level of naivety, uh, you know, being naive to that. But sure. Unless I was sitting in front of Jay and he was handing me money and, you know, and I was seeing him for months on end and working with him, I would not, you know, I would not think that. So, but that's just me. That's just how I am. I don't, I, I, you know, it's very hard for me to trust anybody, especially in the music business, you know, sure. and, uh, it's just, you know, uh, someone like Jay has been doing this shit for so long. He's probably been fucked over many times. I would imagine he's fucked over people many times. And it's just to him, it's an everyday thing. It's business. It's 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 the way 
they make their money and run their life and yeah. do their shit. And you know, I think Jay's, you know, he gets excited and talks, you know, tells people, builds them up. And then fucking one week, he's probably, you know, completely forgot about that and feels differently. Yeah, you're right. I and wouldn't it, be surprised. Uh, you know, mental health plays a lot, a, a, probably a big role in that. So I would imagine if like, you know, if you have your head on straight, you're not really suffering from a lot of mental health, working with people that are, is going to be, that's going to get in the way. And, you know, obviously we all know Jay suffers from mental health. He writes about it, makes songs about it. You know, and we, we, we understand this. We understand the addiction problems we and, understand and, all this shit and, and we understand that psychopathic is a close-knit yeah family vibe you know so so it's probably it's probably hard for somebody to come in like that you know but Von J did kind of give him a shot and uh sounds like he just it was at a bad time you know Von J obviously we know he's been struggling with addiction and shit it's around this similar timing and yeah. stuff so there's probably just a lot of fucked up shit I mean, and for, and for speculate all day and for Von Jay to call people names and be like that I'm not I'm not gonna hold that against Jay that's the Jay we we always yeah. brag about you know we we love we we want Jay to go I couldn't back, help you know? but laugh when I saw he's like he's like fuck off you retarded monkey like, I did laugh at that now was where like, was that that was yeah. a, he, he shared it on his Instagram um, one man cruise Instagram uh, it was an email Von Jay sent to him after he, really? he talked about him working yeah. together so it was it was now, you know, I can't help but hear like Jay's promo voice when he's doing that kind of shit. Yeah. But, you know, if that actually is like meant to be real and hit like a low blow type shit, you know, I, I can understand that. So, I feel it. you know, I just think Jay has, has been around so many cutthroat snakes. He only really trusts his true close family members that he loves, his best friends. Everybody else to him is a cut cutthroat snake. I would say, give you know. It, it's probably hard for him to come out of to, to come around to people these days. And it's very hard to change when you're, you know, you're older. As sure. well. The older you get, the harder it is to get to actually come around to people. You know, so Jay could meet million, Jay could meet person after person and just, you know, just not give it a second thought, you know, when yeah. he, he might've met some genuine people along the way, you know? So, yeah, I, I get that. No, I don't. I don't personally hold it against them. I do see. I kind of see both sides. I mean, yeah. again, one man crew. He. he, he I think he kind of got lost in the. Um, I don't know what you want to say. The romanticness of it a little bit, but yeah. Um, but you know, you're told one thing. You expect people to be a man of their word too. Yeah, and I would say this for all for jugglers out there. You know, he used the word. You know, we use the word Mark, you know, the term Mark, you know, and what does, what does, what does the word Mark mean to you, Keezy? I would say Mark is somebody who is like, uh, easy to like pull a fast one on. Yeah. Like somebody easy, would, somebody would, easy to like, uh, someone who's, uh, uh, gullible. Yeah. And I would say, don't be Marks for these guys. Yeah. You know, like who you like and, but like he said, you know, most people go out and, you know, Jay could do no wrong. Don't be marked for these guys. You know, everybody does wrong. Yep. Nobody's perfect. So we all love, we all love finally Jay, but yeah, just for be, his faults as well, you know, yeah, like just be reasonable about, about things. Nobody's perfect. Uh, people, everybody, everybody's out here trying to, you know, get their thing going. And when you're told one thing and, and, you know, actions show you another thing. Sometimes it does rub you the wrong way. And, you know, most people would handle it worse. I sure. would, I would think, you know, so. All right. Uh, does Jay care? I saw a lot of that. Does, does Jay care? Who knows? Who knows? Jay probably cares about 
you know, what he cares about in his life and his family and things like that and making his money, keeping his business together. So that's probably about it. But I would say everybody out there who feels like you have something to add to the community, to the juggalo community, go out and do it, man. This, this community is pretty open. Yeah. They're, they're very, very blunt with you, but they're very open to a lot of things as well. You know, it's not, you don't have to be a certain type of thing. Juggalos will accept a lot of shit. Of course. A, w- a wide variety of shit. So they will accept a lot of shit, but for some reason, a lot of them are not accepting of, um, Violent J's uh, transsexual uh, transgressions in his new song. Oh, oh, really? I've I've seen. It. I did see a lot of people like mad that they say Violent J's like. Uh, I don't know. I guess trans or got a daughter in chains, man. Whoops! Didn't mean to play John Cena. <laughs> so the Violent J's new song, "Some Good Pussy." We listened to it the other day. Did you get a chance to like ch- really check it out? No, I didn't. I didn't. What, what do you think of the general vibe of it, though? I mean, it sounds cool. I like the vibe. I like the tune. It's a catchy little tune, you know? Maybe I could find a structure in here. I get weak in my knees. I get weak in my thoughts. I get weak in my step. I gotta switch when I walk. <laughs> I think it's cool, man. I like it. I know a lot of people haven't been liking it, but that's okay. I think it's uh, cool. Yeah, it's. Do I love it? No, I don't. I don't love it. Okay. Will I ever turn this on and listen to it if it's not already playing on like an album or something? No. Why? Because I just don't like it that much. I really don't. It's a cool tune, but I could hear so many other people do this tune and mm. still like it as well. I get it. I feel that. He's a pussy too. I did see he was selling shirts with uh, some good pussy artwork on it. Um, so you can get on Psychopathic Vault and buy... Uh, I can't pull it up, unfortunately. But <laughs> I mean, I, I don't... Don't hate it. I will say this though, on this topic, okay, of uh, you know, sexuality and things like this. Here at Dick Wondell, we've said things that we 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 probably regret, right? Well, like when we say fag, when we say when we say words like that, yes. Okay, yeah. So what? So what I'm trying to do, or what I'm proposing today. Is hold on one second. <laughs> okay, I'm listening. I'm waiting. Well, I'm just saying. Piece of pussy. Such a funny drop. Oh, uh, so when we when we use the F word sometimes, yeah. Maybe we could switch. Maybe we could replace those words. With what? Like, you know, instead of saying fag. Okay. You know, why don't... Or or faggot. Okay. Why don't we replace that word with, like, fidget? Fidget? Like, you fucking fidget spinner or something. You know? Uh, I, I guess. If, you, if, if it bothers you and you'd rather do that, sure. Yep. Personally, I love saying faggot. Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying... 
maybe we can make both maybe we can make everybody happy maybe there's a maybe there's a possibility that we can make everybody happy what if i don't care about making everyone happy uh the following program is rated pg-13 <laughs> he says the following pole game. <laughs> Oh, shit. You could say gay person, I guess. But here's the thing. When I'm calling somebody faggot, I'm not calling them that because they're being a gay person. I'm calling that because they're being a fucking homo. Amber is a love doll. That is true. I can't argue with that. I would. No. So, okay. So instead of saying the R word. You mean retarded? Retard. I was thinking about saying more tard. Well, I think the tard part is the. You fucking fucking more tard fidget spinner. I, it might work, but like I said, I think tard is the offensive part. Tard? Why? Just saying, because if you just call someone a tard, that's probably offensive too. Kind of like of the word faggot, fag is also, but got isn't. So instead of saying retard and faggot, maybe we could say fagtards? We no, that's, all that's the worst part. We would say regot. Oh, Regit. Yeah. Regits. Yeah, regits. Yeah. That's, that makes sense. Okay. Why, why are we talking about that? I just wanted to talk through that song because it's I don't really love it. All right. I think it's cool. All right, man. Let's get into crack tiles then. <laughs> oh, do you want to briefly discuss uh, Juggle Ohio? Yeah. Uh, I hope everybody had fun. I wasn't there. The end. We didn't bother going because fuck, fuck it. But uh, <laughs> um, we did pick up our homeboy, Violent J, the country singer. At He was waiting in line at Juggle Ohio. And we were like, nope, bro, you're coming with us. We went and scooped him up. We stole him. We scooped him up from Juggle Ohio. We said, get over here. <laughs> and we took him to fucking the Summit Music Hall. And we watched K- Brian Cage, a.k.a. Kuma. Or whatever how you pronounce it. Exactly. Akuma, Kuma, who knows? We got him, and we went to go watch his show. And we watched, and we dubbed and stepped the night away. We did. It was actually pretty interesting. We had fun, man. Annie Chang tore the house down. Oh yeah, she was pretty hot too. Yep. There's and there was a guarantee, guarantee, hotter chicks at the Kuma show. Well, I, I tell you <laughs> what, man. I was in there. I was dancing. I was like, I was like three rows back or something, you know. <laughs> I'm sitting there dancing. I'm looking at this chick. I'm like, man, she's fucking hot, man. She's moving. Yeah. She's grooving. I'm like, damn, I'm going to go up. I'm, let me go get a drink. You know, let me get into this. I come back and, you know, she turns around and she was a guy. Yeah. Looked like a guy anyway. I mean, it was a guy hey, with a dress. Guy can be a good piece of pussy too, man. Yeah. Wait, was that the tall one that I liked? No, he's actually short. Oh, okay. I saw the really tall girl. Like from behind, he was hot. Yeah, yeah, I get that. There was a really tall girl. And then that- I saw an Adam's apple and yeah. facial hair, and I was just... Yeah. And then by then, you're like, okay, quit sucking my dick. <laughs> um, I smell cock in the air. <laughs> um, I can't but- remember why he said that. I, I just clipped that earlier today, and I don't know why he said that. Yeah. But no, yeah, Kuma for the sixth, I mean... Uh, yeah, Kuma was laying it down. I'll tell you what, when we got there at first, like there was a guy up there with a board and, he, you know, and it was literally <laughs> just the entire beat for what? Like in two hours, it seemed was just. Oots, oots, so oots, so when we oots, first got oots. there and we're like, is this all it is? <laughs> we first got there. There was so there's a table and a guy is like sitting at the table, like at a computer. And like we assume he's doing he's setting up and there's another guy right behind him standing with his back turned to you. And he's like 
taking wires out of a fucking mixing board and putting them in like a different hole and changing knobs. He's got like two big mixing boards. Who was the guy in the, on the ship of the Matrix that did all the techie <laughs> shit? I mean, that's what oh. it looked like. You, imagine, <laughs> imagine the Matrix like you're on their ship. Yeah. And all the wires are there, and this guy's like, and it all, all the, the, all, the only thing that's happening is it's going. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Nothing he's doing is changing. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? It all still sounds the same. They, I don't even think there was a microphone there. No, I don't think there was a microphone. So they're doing all, and we don't know. We're just sitting there. We're like, we don't know. Like we're like, is is this the show? I almost regretted not going to the Ouija show at that point. (laughs) But then Annie Chang uh, came in, and and uh, she just kind of slid in there, and like. She started doing shit on the board and stuff, and like, oh, okay, I guess it's her turn now. Yeah, and she started fucking doing shit, and like, what was cool though is when she when she came up, they had like a little camera that was projecting her face on this like projector behind her. Yeah, and uh, they had these cool like effects, like zooming in on her face the whole time, like, and so she's just like, but she seems very serious. She's like, yeah, oh yeah, she looked serious, like she was into it. So like, she's doing shit, but like. As far as I know, she could have just hit, been hitting play. She could have literally just been like doing taxes or something. I know. We would have had no clue. No fucking clue. But she looked hot and the screen <laughs> was there. The music was cool. People were dancing. Then fucking Kuma came out. Well, first he came. He We were looking for him all night. Yeah. Like, where the fuck's Kuma? He didn't show up until like before he went on. And there's only maybe 50 people there. Yeah. And he finally did come out from the back. We're like, oh, there's Kuma. Yeah. And we didn't get a chance to like hound dog him or anything because he was busy. But yeah. then he finally... He kicked Annie Chang out, and then he fucking went behind there and tore the roof down. Yeah, like well, as soon as he got on, man, there's uh, fog machines came out, lighting started getting better, like the yeah. beats started getting fucking cooler. Oh yeah, he at one point he played uh, some fucking salt and pepper. Yeah, man, he was. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he, you could tell he was doing shit. He was doing some shit for sure. And, I, it, and he would address the crowd too. He'd be like, "Yeah, yeah." Right. He actually had personality. No, Annie Chang, God love her, but not one time did she look at. The, she might have shot a smile at somebody yeah. up front. Yeah, she barely did anything. <laughs> but Kuma actually like they had a camera. I mean, in that camera, they look. He actually looked down in it, and like you know, it, it was cool. There was a little bit of you know personality there. So yeah, man, Kuma. Um, he was a shit. lot of personality. He does. I mean, he showed a lot of personality compared to the other people that were there. If you want to go just have like a pretty chill night and like dance the night away with some hot chicks, check out a Kuma show. Yeah, bro. there was definitely some hot chicks there. There was some hot. Uh, Dudes, human beings <laughs> there. There's hot human beings, gender neutral human beings there. Uh, you know, so yeah, I, mean, I would I would have touched whatever was between their legs. Yeah, I mean, there was some there was shit going on. I didn't know. I was looking at things. I saw like curves, and you know that that, that was just that was it. I mean, it was cool. Yeah, man, it was fun though. It was literally like that scene in the Matrix when they're all dancing. Yeah, it was. That's what it felt like. I don't know why I keep bringing up the Matrix. Well, Maybe I just like all techno music goes never, back to Matrix. I never been to a techno or dubstep show before, so that was really cool, man. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, man. If y'all see Brian Cage Kuma coming to your town, go see him and. Don't don't Ouija uh, Mac uh, go see Kuma. <laughs> I will say we that line was huge, man. There was a long ass line. At Who, whoever went to Juggalo Juggalo what is it Juggalo Ohio Juggalo Ohio Whoever went Who cares? whoever went there. I mean, it was. I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure it was packed in there because I've been to that venue multiple times and it's we've performed there. Yeah, it's not huge. It's not small. But man, I I just I've never seen a line there like that. So it was like sardines in there. I, I had to have been. There's no fucking a lot of, way. Uh, every picture I saw was just a bunch of kids in Chapter 17 shirts. And uh, by the way, I, I don't ever remember kids really wearing their like Hatchet Man charms to concerts. 
Do you? I never did. I never did either. I was scared of it getting broke or snatched. Yeah. Every person in, that I saw in line had a Chapter 17 charm on their That's neck. That's crazy. I know. It was weird. And they all had like, their good threads on and shit. We wore like our shitty, junky clothes for the most yeah, part. Yeah, I was afraid of getting all my shit fucked up. I know. Well, then again, it was ICP. There was FACO involved. Yeah, of so course. Anyways. All right. Zug Island. All right. Let's do it. A 20 years into 20 years anniversary of Zug Island, bro. That long? Mm-hmm. Today's also, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention today was the 29th anniversary for the Ringmaster. Oh, 29th of the Ringmaster. Wow. 30 years next year. Yeah, we'll so celebrate we'll have, that next year. Yeah, we'll have to do a 30 year anniversary. Um, so Zug Island Crack Tiles, um, which by the way, I thought this intro was very reminiscent of um, our Secret Garden intro. Yeah, might. Yeah, a little bit. Inspired by. Ours came out first. Uh, <laughs> actually, it might not have. This, if this yeah. is 20 years, this would be 2003. So that was before us. Yeah, Secret Garden came up. T- 2003? 2005. Oh, was it? Okay. I think. You're right. You are right. Anyways, Zug Island, man. Um, Crack Tiles, I liked it. Uh, I mean, I was into it. Like, when it came out, I bought it. I was like, cool, a rock band with Violent J on several tracks. That was really the selling point for me. Oh, Violent J's involved. I'll listen to it. Did you ever play any games while listening to music? Yeah, sometimes. She plays Super Nintendo, by the way. (laughs) Super Nintendo. (laughs) But yeah, man, uh, uh, Crack Tiles... Or whatever how you pronounce it. Uh, what is it? Tiles, tills, yeah. t- tillies. Yeah, good shit, man. Yeah, man. Um, so uh, what do you? I mean, it was a different time in Psychopathic. They were branching out. They were trying to do all kinds of shit. You know, I mean, it's like now nah, they're pretty you know, tight knit. They do what they do. But like back then, rock bands, fucking, you know, all kinds of gimmicks, just all kinds of shit going on back then. I remember all their. Uh, logos and stuff back then was like real photoshoppy looking you yeah know I mean? <laughs> we were talking about the cover of this album and the uh discord like we weren't quite sure what the fuck it was um dc schooled us though he said that um here it's hard to look at when it's on there but look at it here it's uh it, somebody said that this class picture in the background supposedly was like violent jay's like class picture and I guess this guy has his pig mask, like he's getting looked at or laughed at by society. Or well, I something. know the crack tiles thing is like a J thing too. He put it in his book. Whoever steps on the crack tiles has to kiss Joe Bruce oh. or the Bruce brothers or whatever. So yeah, maybe that's what that's all about. It's like him being feeling that feeling yeah. of the crack tile. I didn't. I've never knew. Yeah, that. I got that. I never made that connection. Yeah, I, under, I understood that. I, I actually don't. Re- I never saw that class picture though, dude. I don't know shit about ICP. Read the fucking book for Christ's sake. Oh, I'm, why, am I, why am I doing this podcast? <laughs> you just don't know shit anymore, man. Come on. You're, you're horrible. I don't know shit. Um, I don't deserve this podcast. Um, something, man. I know. Let me tell you something, man. Um, we don't deserve fans. I'm, I'm mad that uh, we're doing this. And you know what? After all this, you know, after all that talk with uh, one man crew and, you know, him shedding the light on Jay and shit like we could, we should just wrap it up. I'm kind of fucking done with this shit as well. Well, I mean, just give me the word, man. We'll fucking uh, wrap this bitch up and call it a day. I mean, there's, there's a few things. It's like, why, why do we care? Why are we trying? Like, 
you know, you fucking, you text me and annoy me all the time about this shit. I don't want to be here. You know, like Jay, we obviously Jay's an asshole. He doesn't like anybody. He doesn't like his fans. I mean, we're, it's not going to get better than interviewing Rudy and one man crew. Yeah. So what the fuck is, uh, I mean, why, why waste my time? Why waste any of our time or any of y'all's time? There's really no fucking point to do this anymore is what I'm saying. Fuck this. All right, let's just let's just tear this shit. Fuck apart. this shit, man.